I'm Lisa Stone. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Parenting Aces. Welcome to the Parenting Aces podcast. I missed y'all last week. I'm sorry that we didn't get an episode up. It was kind of a crazy week. Getting ready for the Salt State College Tennis All-In Tournament here in Atlanta. But speaking of the Salt, we had an incredible weekend. We started with a bit of a rain delay on Saturday. A massive storm came through the city early Saturday morning, leaving puddles of water, debris all over the courts. But our incredible tournament director, Dave Scully, got out there with his blower, and we had help from others at the Georgia Burnett College facility helping us get the course ready. And after a two-hour delay, play got underway. It just went off without a hitch from that point forward. So I want to say a huge thank you to all of the players and their families that came out and played this weekend, to our sponsors, Hollybird Sports, for presenting the tournament year after year, Wilson Tennis for continuing to support us from day one, and all of our other sponsors who have just been unbelievable in providing financial support and prizes and marketing support and um, items for the player goodie bags. We have photographers. We had lunch. It was just an incredible, incredible weekend. So I want to urge those of you in the Baltimore area or who might be willing to travel to the Baltimore area, August 11th and 12th is our second Salt Schwartz event of the summer. And register for that event, you can check out the show notes. The link is there. It is myutr.com slash events slash 102. So it's not too late to sign up, and we really hope to see all of you up in Baltimore. All right, so moving on to this week, the BB&T Atlanta Open is underway here, so that's where you'll find me all week out watching some amazing ATP Tour Tennis. I'm thrilled that some of our local kids have had an opportunity to either play in a wild card playoff, to play in the qualities, or as is in the case of Emil Reinberg, who plays at University of Georgia, Emil got a wild card into the main draw and will play on college night, which happens to be tonight, Tuesday. So it's going to be a great week of tennis out of the BB&T. If you're in town and you're out there at Atlantic Station, please tweet at me, text me, message me, come find me. I'll be wearing my parenting aces cap, and I would love to say hi and maybe pose for a selfie. So come out and watch some great tennis and uh, enjoy the beautiful Atlanta scenery this week at the BB&T Atlanta Open. Now, for this week's episode, what a thrill to get to chat with Ryan Lipman and his mom, Lisa Lipman, about, gosh, all things tennis. Ryan and his two brothers came up through junior tennis, played college tennis. They're all three still involved in tennis now. And the boys have recently launched a website called Tennis Takes, where they are sharing all of their knowledge and experience with the rest of us. And to have Ryan, who is the assistant coach at Vanderbilt now, on the show with mom, Lisa, was just thrilling. And I was just so excited that they agreed to be the 
So I'm not going to talk anymore. I'm going to let you just listen to these two share their journey, their experiences, their wisdom, and just sit back and enjoy this week's episode with Ryan Lippman and Lisa Lippman. Ryan Lippman and Lisa Lippman, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this week. Of course, we're happy Great to, to be, be here. here. Thanks so much. Ryan, I'm going to start with you. You are the middle of three brothers, all of whom played tennis. And I would love for you to share with our audience a little bit about your life in tennis, starting with when you first picked up a racket to what you're up to now. Gosh, okay. Well, um, it's been a long journey. I started when I was, correct me if I'm wrong, mom, but I think I was about two years old. Um, and my mom and dad used to go out to the courts in our neighborhood and would hit with each other and they would bring me along and I would, I would grab the racket and, you know, drag it around the court, I think, and, um, try and connect with a few balls if I could. And then it just kind of grew from there. Um, you know, I really started to, to pick it up when I was seven, eight years old is when I kind of remember falling in love with it. Um, and then I was, I played a bunch of sports. I played soccer. I played a little bit of basketball. And then um, I guess at about 13 years old, I had to make a decision of whether I wanted to continue to play those other sports or if I wanted to kind of dial in. I'm Lisa Stone. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Parenting Aces. Welcome to the Parenting Aces podcast. I missed y'all last week. I'm sorry that we didn't get an episode up. It was kind of a crazy week getting ready for the Salt State College Tennis All-In Tournament here in Atlanta. But speaking of the Salt, we had an incredible weekend. We started with a bit of a rain delay on Saturday. A massive storm came through the city early Saturday morning puddles of water, debris all over the court, but our incredible tournament director, Dave Scully, got out there with his blower, and we had help from others at the Georgia Burnett College facility helping us get the course ready, and after a two-hour delay, play got underway, and it just went off without a hitch from that point forward. So I want to say a huge thank you all of the players and their families that came out and played this weekend, to our sponsors, Hollybird Sports for presenting the tournament year after year, Wilson Tennis for continuing to support us from day one, and all of our other sponsors who have just been unbelievable in providing financial support and prizes and marketing support and um, items for the player goodie bags. We have photographers. We had lunch. It was just an incredible, incredible weekend. So I want to urge those of you in the Baltimore area or who are, might be willing to travel to the Baltimore area, August 11th and 12th is our second Salesforce event of the summer. And to register for that event, you can check out the show notes. The link is there. It is myutr.com slash events slash 102. So it's not too late to sign up, and we really hope to see all of you up in Baltimore. All right, so moving on to this week, the BB&T Atlanta Open is underway here, so that's where you'll find me all week, out watching some amazing 
ATP Tour Tennis. I'm thrilled that some of our local kids have had an opportunity to either play in a wild card playoff, to play in the qualities, or as is in the case of Emil Reinberg, who plays at University of Georgia, Emil got a wild card into the main draw and will play on college night, which happens to be tonight, Tuesday. So it's going to be a great week of tennis out of the BBNT. If you're in town and you're out there at Atlantic Station, please tweet at me, text me, message me, come find me. I'll be wearing my parents and nieces cap, and I would love to say hi and maybe pose for a selfie. So come out and watch some great tennis and uh, enjoy the beautiful Atlanta scenery this week at the BB&T Atlanta Open. Now, for this week's episode, what a thrill to get to chat with Ryan Lipman and his mom, Lisa Lipman, about, gosh, all things tennis. Ryan and his two brothers came up through junior tennis, played college tennis. They're all three still involved in tennis now. And the boys have recently launched a website called Tennis Takes, where they are sharing all of their knowledge and experience with the rest of us. And to have Ryan, who is the assistant coach at Vanderbilt now, on the show with mom Lisa was just thrilling. And I was just so excited that they agreed to do the podcast. So I'm not going to talk anymore. I'm going to let you just listen to these two share their journey, their experiences, their wisdom, and just sit back and enjoy this week's episode with Ryan Lippman and Lisa Lippman. Ryan Lippman and Lisa Lippman, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this week. Of course, we're happy Great to, to be, be here. here. Thanks so much. Ryan, I'm going to start with you. You are the middle of three brothers, all of whom played tennis. And I would love for you to share with our audience a little bit about your life in tennis, starting with when you first picked up a racket to what you're up to now. Gosh, okay. Well, um, it's been a long journey. I started when I was, correct me if I'm wrong, mom, but I think I was about two years old. Um, and my mom and dad used to go out to the courts in our neighborhood and would hit with each other and they would bring me along and I would, I would grab the racket and, you know, drag it around the court, I think, and, um, try and connect with a few balls if I could. And then it just kind of grew from there. Um, you know, I really started to, to pick it up when I was seven, eight years old is when I kind of remember falling in love with it. Um, and then I was, I played a bunch of sports. I played soccer. I played a little bit of basketball. And then um, I guess at about 13 years old, I had to make a decision of whether I wanted to continue to play those other sports or if I wanted to kind of dial in and, and make tennis my, my passion. And I was obviously a lot better at tennis and I, I enjoyed it a lot more just because it was a, um, I was out there by myself and I, I took all the blame or I took, or I had all the glory for um, winning and losing. And I enjoyed that rather than the team aspect of, of the other sports. Um, so I made that choice at 13 and um, it was, I mean, there's so many ups and downs, you know, I mean, I'm at 13, 14, 15, I was glad that I made that choice. And then also I was a little bit upset that I made that choice because there were so many hard times with it, but, um, it kind of made me who I am today. And, um, you know, at 14, my coach was a very 
he coached a lot differently than than a lot of these coaches, and my game took a long time to develop. So um, I wasn't seeing a lot of results until I I got a little bit little bit older, like 15, 16, 17 years old. And Who then, was your coach at that stage? <clears throat> Bill Tim. Okay. Bill Tim. I think he's a Hall of Fame. Well, he is a Hall of Fame coach. I don't think that he, he is. He's amazing. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's incredible. So, you, yeah. okay, you know, he's coach. brilliant. Yeah. He's brilliant. Yeah. He, so, he was, brilliant. he was coaching you for the long term, not for the short term yeah. wins at the Correct. local level three tournament. Correct. Yeah. I started with him when I was six years old. And he was as hard on me when I was six, year old, six years old as I was when I was, or as he was when I was, you know, 18 and 21, even in college. So, um, that's how he, that was his style. And it, it worked out really well. I I'm very thankful for him. Um, but it took a long time for my game to develop. So like I was saying at 17, 16, 17 is when I kind of really started to reach the goals that he, you know, he saw me reaching. Um, and that's when it became obviously a lot more, I don't want to say fun because I was winning. It was, it was, it was really fulfilling, you know, cause I saw my, my hard work starting to pay off. Mm-hmm. Um, and winning's fun yeah. too. I mean, come oh, on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it shouldn't be all about winning, right? <laughs> right. Right. But it is more fun to yeah. win. One hundred percent. Yes. Yes. Uh so yeah, that's when I, I started to see a lot of good results and um which inspired me to keep going. Um and then I made the choice to go to Vanderbilt over a couple of other, you know, big institutions and that was an awesome decision because I got to stay here in Nashville with uh, my friends and family, and I got to continue my relationship with Coach Tim, and then also work with Ian Dubenhag, who's my head coach now. Um, and it, it was an incredible relationship that I built with him as well. So, um, yeah, that's, that was kind of my journey. I I played a bit professionally, but I got hurt, so I had to stop playing after about a year. And and then mm-hmm. I, I knew that I, coaching was the route that I wanted to get into, so it was an easy choice for me. And so now you are the assistant men's tennis coach at your alma mater. Correct. Yeah. And, but you went to Auburn before that. I did. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy how timing works out because as as I was saying, I got hurt and um, I, right out of college, I was hurt. So I took a year to re- to recover from some surgeries and then I got back to playing and about a year into it, I realized that my body wasn't going to hold up. So I had to find something different and, right at that time that I was thinking that I would stop Bobby Reynolds who played here at Vanderbilt. He was a absolute stud here. Um, he got the head coaching job at Auburn and he brought me along with him. And I was one of the best years I've had in my life. It was, it was such a great experience. And, um, and then once the job opened up here at Vanderbilt, I couldn't, I couldn't say no to it. It was just an obvious choice to jump back to where I play, where my family is and where I'm from. Yeah, that's amazing. I don't know if if my audience even knows this because I don't talk about it all that often, but I actually went to Vanderbilt for my first two years of college before what? transferring to UCLA. Yeah. No way. So, yeah. Yeah. So we have something in common. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, I also went to Vanderbilt. Oh, too funny. I wonder if we were classmates. <laughs> Except I, I suspect you're a bit younger than me. Um, that's, that's too so funny. funny. I think so. yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. I so so you're an assistant college coach now, and yeah. and what is the goal with that? Um, uh, 
like for me and in, in my journey as a as a coach yeah like what, yeah yeah i mean ultimately i'd love to be a head coach one day um hope you know hopefully that's here at vanderbilt but if it's not then somewhere else um i, I just really enjoy the aspect of of building relationships with relationships with these players and and i hope to see you know them develop into awesome um, contributing members of society and, and then continue to build those relationships as they get older and have families and, um, you know, stay in touch with them. That's kind of the way I, that's why I, I wanted to get back into coaching is because I, I love the relationship that I have with my coaches and I want to be able to do that with my players as well. That's fantastic. So Lisa, you're sitting here listening to all this stuff and I'm sure a lot of it is, yeah, yeah, I knew that. I knew that I'm his mom. I lived it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when you when you look at him now and and your other two boys and see where they are as a result of coming up through this tennis journey, I mean, how do you feel about that? I and mean, what are <laughs> I know how I am, you know, looking at my kids like, you know, now that they're grown ups. I mean, but to have three come up through the tennis ranks, it's pretty impressive. I'm I'm real proud of all my kids, um, and most importantly, that they found the sport that they loved um, and stuck with it. And it's a, tennis is a great sport, but it's a hard sport, as you well know, because um, it is. It's all on your shoulders, and the losses are hard. The wins are fun, but they're not as um, you know they're not as often. It takes a lot of work um, to make it happen. Um, what was the question? <laughs> I was just asking you, like, you know, looking at your kids now, like, you know, what what do you think about where they are and, you know, comparing that well, to the journey that y'all have been on together? I think tennis has brought them so many amazing opportunities um, yeah. from just the travel, um, the people that they've met, their, the independence they've learned. Um, I think I was most impressed when um, they were younger and they started. Just how you have to learn to stand up for yourself, whether mm-hmm. you're having to, you know, question your opponent about a line call um, or whether you're having to, um, you know, just talk to a tournament director. You know, as they got older, they traveled by themselves. Um, and they really learn to interface with adults quite well. So I love that aspect of tennis. Um, and I think the other thing that really um, that I love about my boys and their relationship is how close they are, the three of them, because of the sport. But also, um, you know, they still keep in touch with kids that they played when they were 10 years old at a qualifying. And um, just that circle, it just kind of continues. And I think it was a key component of them staying in the game was they had wonderful um, friends to train with um, and to push themselves with because you're not on a team sport, but you find your own team to work with and make yourself better. And they have incredible friendships as a result of that. And so that as a parent, that was a key thing for me was trying to keep it, um, keep it fun and trying mm-hmm. to keep them like it until they got to college because I knew that once they got to college, then they would actually be on the team and then that would be really fun. Right, right. What do you think you did well as a tennis parent that 
helped keep them in the game because I, I think a lot of parents really struggle and, you know, they're, they're always, I think with, I, I think I can say this with, with certainty that in all kids, there is a period where they want to quit or start questioning yeah. their commitment yeah. to the sport. I, I, I can't imagine there's any kid that doesn't go through that at least for a short period. Right, right. Well, again, I'm going to say for my boys, um, and each one was different in, in a way in how they um, approached it. Um, but allowing them to have fun and keeping them engaged with other players and not just making it competition, um, it really pushed them whether. You know, we had to drive to Knoxville for him to spend a weekend training with Brian Williams or going to Jackson, Mississippi to train with Devin Britton. So I always tried to keep that um, that piece a big part of it because I knew if that wasn't there, if they weren't going to stay engaged for long. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing was, you know, I played um, college tennis. And one of the things that Bill Tim had said early on which I thought was, you know, just spot on, was he said, I wish I could make it mandatory for every parent of the student that I coach has to play tournaments themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then, they would, then they would have the understanding, understanding, but also compassion for what it's like to be out there and I know firsthand, and in fact, I even did when the kids were um, younger. My sister wanted me to play a tournament, um, you know, a national <laughs> tournament. And so, you know, I trained and, and I went and nerves, and it was, it was horrible. I couldn't hit a ball. And I had to call home, and the kids were like, how'd you do? How'd you do? And I was like, oh, oh And they're like, what do you mean you lost? <laughs> <laughs> yep, I remember that like it was yesterday. I remember where I was when you called. <laughs> and then I had to call back the next day and I lost in the consolations and they're like, You lost again? I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, good. it's I think that's good. And they said that to you, and if you had said that to them, they would have just been heartbroken, right? Oh yeah. yeah and and so oh, yeah, I mean that's that was one of the things that I, Again, I also saw early on was a couple parents, you know, we're talking when the kids were in the 12 and unders and 14 and unders, and they'd walk off the court, and before they could even, like, process their own emotions and get in touch with it, the parent was on them and, you know, just in their face, going at them, or they were angry that they lost. So the kid couldn't take ownership of their loss when the parent owned the loss. Right. That's an interesting, an interesting analysis. Um, very wise analysis from you. Well, it was, I mean, there's it's really hard to see your, your kid when they're really putting it all out there. And Ryan, I don't know if you were, I'm sure you do remember, but I think we were in Kentucky and you were playing a national tournament and you had a really heartbreaking loss. And I remember just coming out trying to figure out what, Say to make you feel better, and as a parent, mm-hmm. you just feel so helpless. Do you remember that, Ryan? I I remember when when I when uh when you had me that throw the it. grapefruit up against the wall to try and get some anger out of me. <laughs> <laughs> or, 
How did that work? <laughs> she was like, I just need you to get upset. I need you to show some emotion out there. And I was like, I was, you know, I was just so in my shell when I was young. And so she took a grapefruit and we were in a hotel room and she just hocked it against the wall. And I thought it was funny. And she's like, now you try it. And so I did it and it made me feel better. Have you tried that with your college players? I haven't because a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys have no problem showing emotion out there. So yeah, that is true. That is true. Well, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have the two of you on is because Ryan, you and your brothers have started this new website, Tennis Takes, yeah. and yeah. I, I, I mean, how cool to be writing all about tennis, interviewing different people, discussing the game with your brothers, and coming up with these analyses of tournaments yeah. and matches and players. And I, I just, I thought that was so awesome when I saw that the site was had all three of your names on it, and well, that um, makes me really happy to hear that. I, I mean, it. you know, one of the things I have touted on Parenting Aces from the get-go is relationships and yeah. how tennis, you know, works in terms of a family and family dynamics, but also, yeah. you know, forming friendships and lifelong relationships and all of that. And, and here y'all yeah. are exhibiting that through your work. Lisa, you must be beside yourself. I'm, I'm blown away. Just by their writing and all the hard work that they've put um, into this. It's, it's, it's really incredible. So, Ryan, why don't you tell my audience what Tennis Takes is and, and what your goals are with the site? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, the, the Marshall and Max are really the brain children of this, of this idea. They, they, I'm just riding along, and I, I'm helping them with um, – whatever needs to be helped with, but they're really, really, um, you know, going into the weeds and, and knocking it out. But basically um, what we're doing is we're trying to create an un unfiltered platform um, for really respected and sharp tennis minds to voice their thoughts and opinions and perspective on the sport. Uh, we feel like there's kind of a void there and we have a lot of contacts in, um, in the space and feel like we can, utilize that and and try and get people to to listen and and see if those people that we know can really um can really voice what they have to to say rather than just you know having it kept to themselves and um i think one of the neat, neat aspects as well is that we know a lot of the a lot of pro players and a lot of um challenger level guys and we feel like they have as big a voice as any and um we want to we want them to share their stories and share um, what it's like to be out on the tour and give a, an unbiased opinion of, of their um, journey. Yeah. So I think that's we're really cool. Fun with it. And you know, y'all, you mentioned coach Tim, he's written for yeah. you already. And I suspect we'll see a lot more from him. I hope we'll see a lot more from him on your site. Yes. Um, we'll see a lot more from him. He has so much stuff. It's incredible. We, we met the other day. And just uh, he came over to my apartment for some coffee and to, to talk. And he brought a binder of probably 500 articles that he had either written or um, no, not or he, that he had written. I mean, it was, mm -hmm. it was incredible. Yeah, I've shared some of his stuff on Parenting Aces, too, over the years. I mean, he is 
he is an incredible coach and has some very strong opinions and very wise opinions about the sport. And, you know, it's, things are changing though. And, and it'll be interesting as this new ITF transition tour comes into play Mm -hmm. uh, to hear from, like you said, the, the futures and challenger level players and how this is impacting them. Do you have any thoughts on, on how that, is going to play out and what it's going to do to the college game and to you as a coach who's out there trying to recruit players. Yeah, no, I don't honestly, I know about it, but I haven't really, you know, delved into what it's really going to do to our sport. Um, I've heard so many different, different things about it that I don't really have an opinion on it because I'm just unsure of what it's really going to look like until it actually happens. Why? Well, I think that's, pretty much everybody's perspective yeah. right now. Yeah. I don't think anybody right. really knows what it's going to look like. Right. Well, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, as a college coach, do y'all talk about that? Um, you know, how this may impact you and, you know, because I, I think the, the concern, at least on the men's side is that, players that are kind of on the fence about Mm -hmm. going to college or turning pro are going to feel pressure to get out there um, sooner and, you know, start making their way out of the transition tour onto the main tour and, you know, maybe feeling like spending time in college is going to slow down their process too much. Yeah. You know, and, and, I've sat in a couple of meetings, some of the ITA meetings, and listened to some of the coaches talk about that. And I think that they're, you know, UTR is trying to do something where it's, um, I don't exactly know what they're trying to do, but there's, they're trying to get the college guys, um, like the, the UTR, I guess, tournaments, mm-hmm. and and have them in those, and then they can ultimately, I think, transition into the transition tour through that. And I don't, again, I know it sounds very convoluted, but maybe that's, I'm totally wrong in how I mis- I, I interpreted it. But um, I think, I don't think it's going to be such a bad thing with this transition tour. I'm actually kind of excited to see how it, how it plays out. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I know that's a, probably not the greatest answer, but um, I'm just, I guess, excited to see what it does. I, I don't think it's going to hurt us though. Well, good. I'm I'm glad to hear that. I I hope you're absolutely right on that. And I hope so. you know, <laughs> we need helping, not hurting at this stage of the Correct. game for sure. And especially in the college game, you know, it's yeah. um, it's it's getting harder and harder out there. So, yeah, Lisa, is. Lisa, I want to pull you back into the conversation. Um, yeah. You know, you said you played college tennis, and then your kids all played at at different levels. Can you share what you saw as as the boys were playing that was different from how it was when you were in college? Wow. Um, I'd say professionalism. Um, When I was in college, you know, the coaches, we had really good coaches, um, but we had one coach who did everything. Um, and there were no trainers, there were no nutritionists, there were no, you know, so it was a totally different era of sports. Um, you know, when I was growing up, I took one half hour lesson a week. That was it. 
and we started playing on, you know, public courts and just didn't do the travel. I was one of eight kids. My parents didn't have that, you know. And then when we did, you know, we either went with people or so it was totally different. Um, but it was a wonderful experience um, being a part of a team and being, you know, an athlete in college. And so when my boys were coming up, you know, as Ryan said, we introduced them to a lot of different sports. And then as they got a little bit older, they kind of, you know, Max Pike specialized earlier because of Ryan being the older brother. And Marshall came into it later. So they all kind of have different stories and paths. Um, but my goal as a parent was to keep them playing, like I said, um, to get to college. And I had a, a, another, a good friend whose son played. And, um, yeah, this is, like you said, you know, when parents, when you're starting out and your kids are in, you know, 10s and 12s and everybody thinks, yeah, my child's going to be the next Agassiz. And, you know, and you start going to the next level of tournament, the next level of tournament. Um, and I heard her talking and she said, you know, I hope my son doesn't want to be a professional tennis player. I couldn't imagine a, a worse life. You know, she meant like just, she was just honest. She said the travel, nobody really, she came from a tennis playing family as well. Brian, I'm talking about Cindy Davis, um, regarding Tyler. Um, yeah. and so I think everybody has, you know, this glamorized view of what it's like, you know, but it's without really realizing you know, not only the sacrifice, um, the financial sacrifice, but, you know, you give up a lot of family vacations. You give up a lot of um, holidays. And so there's a lot that you sacrifice um, to do it. And then, you know, it's, it's, a, it's such a long shot, you know, tennis being a worldwide sport, you know, and only the top, you know, 50 players make enough support themselves so it's a definite you know thing the other Mm -hmm. thing that I think helped ground me as a parent was early on um you know Brian Baker's from Nashville Mm -hmm. and just um realizing you know the injury piece of the sport and we had some um Max in particular he had two stress fractures when he was 12 and then again at 14 and at that time, he was homeschooled when he had the second one. And, you know, I just, we talked and it's like, you know, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. You know, um, you need to go back to school for him. That was a better thing to be, you know, you could still do the high level of tennis, but he needed to be, you know, you need to have a plan B. Right. And I think parents need to keep that, you know, in the forefront of their mind. And especially, I think, you know, as we're talking about kids segueing from, you know, the last junior tennis into college and then beyond. And the beautiful thing about sport now is you see the longevity, you know, I mean, 36, you know, you can play. And I think if you, I think as a player, if you have the focus and the dedication and the desire you're going to make it. So if you can do the college, you know, you're going to not get distracted. A lot of people are fearful of being distracted by parties or this and that. But I think if you have that focus 
it's a good, you know, you've got trainers, you've got coaches that, you know, have to travel, everything's done for you. But when you're first coming out on that tour, you know, it's, it's tough unless you've got a lot of unlimited resources. For sure. Ryan, I think, you know, from from my perspective as a parent, that's why I love talking to players that are on the Futures Tour right now or, uh-huh. you know, have kind of worked their way, but but slowly up through the process who haven't just yeah. come out of college and boom, they're having yeah. success on, on the main tour because right. that's where the majority of players kind of live and die is on that futures yeah. and challengers level. Right. And sure. I mean, we all know the prize money is pretty minimal. The expenses are crazy. And, yep. um, you know, I, I think Lisa, you're right. You have to have such a love and passion and a focus <laughs> to be able to Ooh, sustain yeah. that week in and week out. Um, but at the same time, you know, if you can do it, I mean, even looking at at your path, Ryan, of playing in college, coming out, you know, taking some time off to recover from some injuries, trying mm-hmm. it out on the tour, realizing, okay, this is not where I'm going to be, um, right. and then finding your way back to the sport through coaching, you know, how awesome is that? It's incredible. It's incredible, and and you know, I tell all the guys that are teetering when they finish college whether to go get a job or go to play, like I say, look, what, go play. I mean, why not? Yeah. You've already worked for 15 years and playing and why give it up right now? At least give it a shot. You never know what's going to happen. I mean, a perfect example is Eric Buderak. I'm sure who, you know, yep. you know, he played low on, on his college team and, um, and then just grinded it out over in France for a little while. And then sure enough, a couple of years later, he's in the finals of Wimbledon uh, and doubles. And right. I mean, it, you just never know what's going to happen. So why not go out and play for a year, give it a chance and, and go see the world explore. And it's it's an avenue that you have to do that, which most people can never say that they did, which is pretty neat. Yeah, I, I think it's it's an amazing opportunity. And, and it all sadly, most of the time it boils down to finances. But, yes. you know, sure. to to be able to do it for a year, you know, shouldn't shouldn't be that terribly expensive. And hopefully if you're doing well, you can at least earn a little bit of prize money to offset sure. some of the cost. And yeah, I mean, it's like taking in a gap year <laughs> before, right. Right. before you your real life. job. <laughs> yeah, you got your whole life to figure that out and work. And why not take a year or two and just explore the world and play the game you love. Right. So Lisa, when, when Ryan told you that he was going to go out on tour after having the surgery after college, what were your thoughts? What went through your head? Pretty much what Ryan just said. Um, that was my take on it all along was, you know, you've got a vehicle um, for seeing the world and traveling and meeting people and doing something that yeah. you love. Um, so go for it. And, you know, but I always said, you know, have your, your eyes wide open and that it's, it's not glamorous. Um, you know, you're, there's no crowds when you're sitting in, you know, small town in the futures and you're in the finals and there's not one person there on the stand. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's, it can be lonely. Um, so, you know, I think it's not just finances that sometimes um, deters people. It's, 
you know, the week in, week out, um, you know, and it's, it's a journey. So I think it was really, um, I mean, I'm glad he had the opportunity to do it and, um, and realizing, you know, what you wanted after that or before that or, um, I don't think he would change anything. I think if he changed anything, it would be the hip that he has and the three yeah. surgeries. And and that's something that people, you know, don't realize that, you know, tennis is hard on the body. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I can attest to that as a 55-year-old player. <laughs> it is. And, you know, they cost us part of a lifetime, but, yeah, if you're just barely thinking the ball and not moving. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, so, um, and, and we did see the injuries firsthand. You know, we saw it, you know, with, say, Brian Baker, but, you know, Ryan, you know, he had to battle back from three of them. And then Marshall's had, what, three or four. And then Ryan, Max had um, two stretch fractures in his back. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's a tough thing. And a lot of players out there do it. But, but you also have to, you know, like, think, okay, that's why I really, you know, their dad and I, I don't think we really gave a lot of options. You know, we really said college first. Just want to do it after, go for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's hard we've to been, go back. Right. We've been focusing on you, Ryan, but there are two other tennis playing brothers that are part of Tennis Takes, Max and Marshall. And Lisa, I'd love for you to share a little bit about what those guys are up to. Uh, well, let me start with Max because again, tennis is um, it's been a an incredible uh, journey that just keeps giving, if I can say, giving back. Um, and actually, Max has written a he wrote actually a really insightful post on um, his experience with tennis. Um, you know, there were a lot of highs and lows, and I'd say one of the toughest parts of his experience was his best friend, um, Sean Carl, who he competed with, and at one point they were, you know, top juniors in the country. Um, he passed away from um, UN Sarkova. Um, he went to UT and played for a year there, and he and Max, you know, were joined at the Cubs from 10 years old, 10 years old on. So that was a really tough part um, that Max had to come to grips with. Um, when he was at college. Um, and so he didn't have quite the college experience, I think, that he had hoped for. And that was really um, hard as a parent to see your kid want something so bad and struggling so hard that it just wasn't coming. And so it was interesting because by the time he got out of college, he was kind of ready to close that chapter, he was thinking. And then all of a sudden, tennis comes full force back into his life, and he um, uh, had uh, signed up to go to the U.S. Open to be a hitting partner, and, you know, next thing you know, he's sitting in the box and with Simone Stevens' um, hitting partner when she won it. So all of a sudden, it's like, okay. And then he ended up, um, Ryan, you're the one that actually sent him the information, but he's now in um, Nottingham, England, getting a master's, and he's playing club tennis for them. And so he's been able to travel and um, see stuff and stay in tennis but see it from a different perspective because he's playing over there where they play on Wednesday nights, once a week, not on the weekends. And it's uh, just the camaraderie, and he's loving it again. And tennis has kind of 
given him this opportunity, and now he sees the world and his vision for his life completely different than he did before he went to Nottingham, England. He even got to be the meeting um, partner uh, for the FedCup in Belarus. So he's had some amazing experiences through the sport, and then to see him continue it with his brothers in this um, you know, website is awesome. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. And uh, yeah, I, I, it's very cool to to read his story. And like I said, there's so many different pathways that you can go on in this sport, which is one of the things I love so much about it. And, you yeah. know, it, it just can well, give back in so many ways. Well, and reconcile because there was a lot of heartache and disappointment, you know, but there's always, an, you know, another side and a brighter side if you're, you know, willing to put yourself out there. And he did. And so I think it was neat for him to be able to, to get these other wonderful experiences. Um, and then, you know, Marshall, you just, you know, kudos for Marshall because he didn't start tennis until way late. Um, you know, he was soccer, soccer, soccer. And then he, um, you know, started in last year of high school. And Marshall is very um, driven, committed, and determined. And when he takes something on, he just takes it on wholeheartedly. And he took that on, but probably too much for his body. And then his body broke down um, in college, and he wasn't really able to to continue. But he's always, you know, he was always supportive of his brothers and um, and like the sport and just to see them work together is awesome. Right now he's um, in the business world. He works for Jewelry TV um, in Knoxville, Tennessee. And um, actually Max did an internship there one summer. And I think for Max that probably was helpful in him determining what he maybe didn't want to do. And uh, <laughs> well, that's a good thing too. That's helpful. <laughs> No offense to Marshall, but Max, I think, realized I'm not cut out for this, you know, <laughs> right corporate world. So, you know, you got you to gotta have the experiences to know what you um, like and what you don't like. So, um, you know, they're all, you know, they're, they're all finding their own path, but it's neat to see that they've found this to bring them together, working together. Because, you know, Marshall's in Knoxville part of the week. Brian, you know, is now back in Nashville, um, but he travels quite a bit. And then Max is in Nottingham, England, and then he's getting ready to be someplace else. So, you know, with the new world that we have with these communication, um, it's awesome. Yeah, it is. It's pretty cool. So, Ryan, let's get back to Tennis Takes. Let our audience know how to find it and what to expect when they get there. Yeah, so it's www.tennistakes.com. Um, and basically, we're we're a, a website slash blog, and um, we've got all kinds of different things from short takes, which is a new series we started this week. Um, and and what we're trying to do is get uh, get names. We started out with Brian Shelton, um, who's obviously the head coach of Florida and was top 50 in the world. And we're going to have once a week someone like him answer five, six, seven questions that uh, we think are intriguing for our audience. Uh, we're going to try and get former players, current players, um, all part of that series. And then also, as you mentioned, Coach Tim, we're going to do a, um, I guess, a little series with him and 
Um, and then anything that's relevant in the game that, that we think our audience would like to follow, we're, we are going to put out there. And we also have an email subscription that you can, you can sign up for and we'll send an email once a week on Fridays that, um, is going to be our, our hot, our five hot takes of the week. So, um, you know, we're just getting the website going and we feel like it's got some upward traction and, and trend and, um, yeah, so it's it's been a lot of fun to to do this with my with my brothers. And you guys are on social media, so yes, where can sorry, we find you there? Social, social media, so um, tennis on, for Twitter. It's it's tennis at tennis underscore takes, um, and then Facebook is going to be at tennis takes. And um, yeah, those are the two we have so far. But um, yeah, anything that's on our website is going to go out on our Twitter feed and our, our Facebook news feed. So, uh, yeah, it'd be great if, if, if all of the listeners out there can, can go on all the, all the platforms and, and sign up for the email and, and really get our website and, and um, Facebook and Twitter exploding. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And we will definitely have links to all of those things in the show notes. So for those of you listening, be sure and check out the notes and You'll just be able to click and go. It'll be perfect. So easy. Thank you. We really yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you guys, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Lisa, I always love having other tennis parents on, and especially when we share a name, it just makes things so easy. Um, <laughs> so thank you for coming on and, and talking about, you know, your experiences, both as a player and as a parent and now watching your kids as they move into this next phase of life. And Ryan, I go doors. I hope you guys have a great go season. And <laughs> Lisa, yeah. thank you so much. And again, I love what you're doing and getting the word out to other parents and, you know, the more education and the more they understand, I think the better their journey with their child will be. But I, if I can end with one thing is I wouldn't change and playing tennis for anything in the world. Team sports are awesome, but that time that you have one-on-one driving to the tournament, yeah. it, it really, you know, cements a relationship. And I just love that time with the boys. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I mean, we, there are so many fond memories that we have of, of, you know, getting lost in certain places. And I remember one time... <laughs> I was uh I I started down three oh in the first set because my mom couldn't figure out where the couldn't figure out where the site was. <laughs> so you were late to your match? We were late to a match. I was fourteen oh, minutes and thirty eight seconds late or so and you know, twenty seconds more I would have been defaulted, but I started down three oh and and I you know, I give her a hard time about it, but um you know, it's just things like that that you remember they're a lot of fun. So yeah, I couldn't agree with what she's saying anymore. That's awesome. Yeah, and, but I just want to know that I was mortified, and I didn't even come out of the car parking lot. I was so um, embarrassed. I just hope he was able to pull the match. <laughs> so, Ryan, I, can I? Am I safe in assuming that you would give your mom an A plus as a tennis parent? Oh, absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. And she, you know, what she was just, was saying earlier about trying to facilitate a fun environment. She absolutely did, and. Um, cultivating relationships with other players and parents was a huge part of why I love the game. Um, so yeah, I would hundred percent agree that she got an A plus. Oh, well done mom. And um, there's nothing better than hearing your kids say something nice about you as your, as a parent, right? <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. And they were pretty awesome to work with. So it was a really <laughs> fun, fun journey. 
It really was. And in fact, I'm kind of envious of the parents that I'm seeing now. I'm like, oh, um, you know, last weekend we were at a, we were doing an event for the Sean Carl Foundation. It was at our, the Tennessee qualifying. And this parent came up with his 10-year-old daughter. And he was looking for some advice. She had just lost and she was very upset. And um, she needed to know what to do because the girl that she had played, that she had lost, was cheating. And she was her doubles partner in the uh-huh. tournament. And she didn't want to play doubles with her. Um, and so, you know, this, this little girl just all worked up. And it was really good because I could reflect back from when my kids played. And, you know, I just said, hey, first up off, I don't know if she was, she probably wasn't slightly trying to cheat you. But at that age, you're just over eager. And you want the ball to be out. And, you know, but play doubles with her. And if she makes a bad call against the other team, then correct it. But, you know, and, and just to tell the parent, you know what? Your child probably is missing calls, too. A lot of times we just can't see that. Um, but it just was like going back in time to all the angst, you know, and how literal, you know, you take it. That's just a great learning opportunity. You're going to have to learn how to stand up for yourself. And, you know, we look at kids that were making bad line calls against my boys and their best friends now, you know. Right. So, right. Anyway. Yeah, it's a lot easier to to give the advice now, I find, um, than when you're in the heat of it. And, you know, it's I think that's really cool that you're making yourself available like that. And listen, you just mentioned the Sean Carl Foundation. I, I, I can't not ask you about that and to give a little more information. Um, Sean's younger brother, Stephen, and my son are friends and came up through juniors oh, together. So... Um, you know, we're very familiar with that story. And, and in fact, I wrote about that, um, at, at the sad time that, that they were living through it. It was horrible, but, but you mentioned it. So now let's, let's give some information about how people can find out more. Well, Mike and Lori, um, you know, they took a, just a sad, tragic loss and decided that they, you know, wanted something positive to come out of it. And, um, and so they started this, the foundation, Sean Carl Foundation, and um, it's really its main goal is to uh, raise money for pediatric um, cancer. It's so underfunded. So everything, I mean, Lori pretty much is, uh, she, she does everything. And so nothing is, you know, farmed out. Any money, any proceeds goes directly um, to the foundation, and they want to be able to support doctors and um support actual research into pediatric cancer. The funding is, I think, 4% of all um, cancer dollars goes to pediatric cancer. So it's wow. just really underfunded. And they're doing some great events. They've done a uh, songwriter's night. Um, they came with the qualifying tournament and um, do that. They're starting a, a golfing tournament. So, you know, check out their website. Lori's got, you know, great updates on, you know, on what, on what they're doing and what they're, what's going on. It's just, uh, you know, obviously near and dear to all of us. Um, and just really proud of the work they're doing. Sure. And, and again, right. we'll include a link to the foundation website in the show notes. So people Thank will be you. able to Thank click you. on that and learn more. Awesome. That's great. That would be yeah. wonderful. Yeah, sure. All right, you guys. Well, we're coming to the end of our hour. So I just want to say thank you again for taking time out to chat with us and 
Ryan, I wish you and Marshall and Max all the best as you, Thank you. get into this world of blogging and websiting and wherever else it takes you. I'm, uh, I think I'm coming to the end of my seventh year doing this and wow. I continue to learn. And, you know, it, it really, I mean, you guys already have so many amazing contacts in the tennis world. You're going to be blown away at how that just skyrockets now that you have a platform for people to express themselves. So that's really yeah, fun. Of yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having us. This has been a real pleasure to be, to be talking with you. Well, thank you. And all the best, Lisa. I hope you and I get a chance to run into each other sometime. I I would love to meet you in person. And um, kudos on raising three really awesome young men. Thank you. And it's really enjoyable to be I'm a part of this. So thanks for including me. Sure. Thank you. And to my listeners, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time on Parenting Aces. I'm Lisa Stone, and you've been listening to the Parenting Aces podcast. For tennis parents, by a tennis parent. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to us and write a review on iTunes. For more information on navigating the junior and college tennis journey, please visit us online at parentingaces.com. Thanks for tuning in and sharing us with your tennis community.